Let's go. We're back. Let's go. And nobody was on go more than the National Football League. Larry Fitzgerald, that was so much fun this weekend. Unbelievable. Just terrific games. Jim, I can't think of an opportunity that the NFL has had to showcase four games of that magnitude with those type of walk-off endings. I mean, every single game, I don't care who you were pulling for, kept you on the edge of your seat for every second of the game. And it, it was amazing. I mean, the huge comeback by the Buccaneers to make that game competitive at the end. Um, the Tennessee Titans and uh, and Cincinnati Bengals, the big pick at the end of the game. I mean, Jim, it was it was unbelievable. Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen going toe to toe, man, all the way into overtime, and that was, it was it was so fun, so much fun. So when you're in the middle of this and you've been out on the field and you have had the thrill of victory and you've also unfortunately had that you know agony of defeat. When you're going through it, do you ever feel like you've won a game that's not over? Absolutely, Jim. I, I feel like I've won a lot, a lot of games. Um, you know, when you're, when you're sitting on the bench as an offense and you can't do anything, um, this is really helpless feeling. I mean, I watched Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Holmes do that to me years ago, and it's happened on several occasions throughout the course of my career. It's a really helpless feeling. And um, you could kind of see that look in Josh Allen's eyes as he was sitting there on the bench. It's helpless. Um, Kansas City had no answers for them. I mean, they marched the ball right down the field with just a little bit over a minute to go. Thought that game was, you know, out of reach. And, uh, you know, he sat there on that sideline helpless and to lose the coin toss. I mean, you felt like whoever won that coin toss was going to win that game because neither one of those offenses could be stopped. Josh Allen was magnificent. I don't know that we've seen a better performance than what he was able to deliver yesterday. I guess only bested by, by Patrick Mahomes there and what they were able to achieve. But Doug Collins used to say, and he lost a gold medal to the Russians uh, in 1972 when the officiating was so bad that they just kept letting the Russians play until essentially they got the basket to win the game. And Doug would say for years, and it applied to almost everybody who had gone through it uh, in the NBA, but most specifically to Michael Jordan uh, when they couldn't get past the Pistons. You have to have your heart broken before you can become a champion. I don't know that we've ever seen anything quite like the way that the Buffalo Bills heart was broken in those last 13 seconds. Yeah, Jim, you, you hit that you hit the nail on the head. I don't think the Buffalo fans need their heart broken anymore. You know, losing four consecutive Super Bowls back in, in, in the mid-90s. Um, I was talking about this current group. I didn't mean I, I know, all of those but, who were older Jim, than 40. Yeah. But, Jim, all those folks still remember those those four Super Bowl losses. And um, I would imagine up there in, in, in Buffalo, they all thought they had that game in hand. And you're right. You know, Josh played flawless football, not only making throws, but being able to make timely runs with his feet. Just so many wonderful moments throughout the course of that game. And, uh, you know, you feel you feel sorry. I mean, I love a game where at the end of the game, you, there's, there's there's a team that you, you, you feel bad for because they play well enough to win. Do you usually feel worse for the losers? Or yes. better for the winners? You, you feel worse for the losers because, you know, I mean, they essentially lost that game on a coin toss, Jim, because if that coin would have flipped to the other side and Josh Allen would have had an opportunity to go down the field, I, I think we'd be, you know, reading a different headline today. Um, he was just that good. Um, in Kansas City, losing Tyron Matthew um, early in that game to a concussion. I mean, they, they just could not – they couldn't stop anybody. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. Let's go is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Now online in Michigan and New Jersey. Play your favorite online slots or table games like Blackjack, Roulette, and so much more with over 700 games to choose from. Only at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Well, you could call it a crapshoot. Nope, it is a flip of a coin. 
And as you were saying, Larry, at the flip of the coin, went the Chiefs' way. Um, Chiefs were on the other end of this. Back in 2019, they approached the competition committee, the NFL owners, about changing the overtime rule. And it's getting a lot of, a lot of steam again today. It never really goes anywhere. It, it, it gets turned down. Do you have a better way? Do you think there is a better way? Well, Joe, I mean, I think I think college has had it right for quite a while. You know, I hate seeing games in the National Football League ending ties. I mean, it really messes up playoffs down the stretch. And, um, you know, I, I just I would love to be able to see winners and losers. You know, these guys, they fight so hard. It's no fun watching a, watching a game go into a tie and, and, and seeing two teams like we saw uh, versus Kansas, Kansas City versus the Buffalo Bills walk away, you know, one team shouldn't have had another opportunity to go out there and score, um, you know, because that, that game could have been easy, a four or five overtime game, make them go, you know, for two-point conversion. I mean, I, I think every fan sitting at home would have loved to see that game continue. Well, we saw that many years ago in 1971 when the Kansas City Chiefs were on the opposite end of winning an overtime game before they had overtime games. Uh, because the game ended in a tie, 1971 divisional round, the Chiefs against Miami Dolphins, long known up until yesterday as perhaps the best football game ever played. Chiefs lost 27-24. to uh, Very famously, uh, the Don Shula team uh, victorious. Uh, Hank Stram and the Chiefs uh, unable to uh, win that game. That was an 80-minute football game. So they played... 20 minutes extra of football plus, I think, 40 seconds. So almost 21 minutes more of football. Uh, I have to be someone my age to, uh, to remember uh, that that went on. Uh, but So now Kansas City, 51 years later, uh, is able to come out on top. That they just played until someone scored, until there, was, until there was a winner. That was the rule. There is no good way to do this. You're not going to have guys playing another 10 minutes during the regular season, and it's still a tie then that turns to 20 minutes, then that turns to 30 minutes. And before you know it, they've played another game. And then they have 17-game schedule. So the legs, and you just can't do this, the physical beating that this would take to try and end ties. And if you do these two-point conversions, that's so unfair to the defense. It's so unfair. It puts all the pressure on them to be able to, to have to perform. Yeah, that's that's not the offense's problem. You know, that's the defenses need to play better and and get stops. And that's why they're out there. That's why they're paid the way they're paid. And um, you know, you saw it yesterday with the Cincinnati Bengals. They 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 got a stop. They got a pick. They they deflected that pass at the end of the game and, and they got their team off the field. Um, you know, they they made the necessary plays to be able to come through and, and uh, clinch that victory. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's unfair for the defense. I would say it gives them another opportunity to showcase their ability. Boy, you sound like a bitter guy who's just been hit one time too many by a defensive back. No, I just I just call it how I see it, Jim. I call it how I see it. I, I don't I don't think that's if you ask any defender, you know, do they want to be in those pressure cooker situations? They would absolutely love to be in those situations. That's that's where stars are born. All right, Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald right here on Let's Go. We're brought to you by Morton's The Steakhouse. Savor a collection of contemporary and classic steakhouse favorites, fresh seafood, luscious desserts, and a legendary power hour. Visit mortons.com for reservations. Hey, Larry, the coaching is going to get dissected from this weekend, and uh, let's stick right here with the, uh, with the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, a lot being made this morning about a squib kick, a high kick, uh, something to take some time off the clock so that Mahomes uh, doesn't get the ball on the 25-yard line. Uh, did Sean McDermott make a mistake there? Is it catastrophic? Uh, and then after that, let's discuss uh, Leslie Frazier and how they blew that. 
In that situation, I would have loved to see a squib kick. It really disrupts the timing on the front units, on the return team. Uh, it gives the defense the opportunity to be able to get there and be able to put pressure on the returner in a much quicker fashion. Um, and, and so it also takes a lot of time off the clock, and I would have loved to be able to see that play implemented. The defense that was called by Leslie Frazier, 13 seconds. You, should, you shouldn't be able to do that, really. You got to do better. He's in line possibly now for another head coaching job. If I'm looking at that last 13 seconds, I'm rethinking that. Well, Jim, I mean, you're talking about trying to defend the fastest player in the National Football League. Um, you have the you have a defense that is designed um, to stay underneath. It looked like it was two man, um, and, and so Tariq ran a great route to be able to you know fake outside and be able to break across and be able to catch that pass. And when you got a guy who's a four two sprinter um, that can run the way he runs, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to sit back and question that, um, you know, the decisions that to, to run that defense. But I think that was the, the one that I would have run as well. I mean, you have two safeties over the top to be able to help. But when you got a guy that has angle breaking speed, I mean, it's very, it's very tough, Jim. That guy can run like no other player in the league. So are you saying there's no defense that would have worked? No, I mean, if, if I would have bought a five-man pressure personally to be able to try to get the ball out of his hand quicker, um, you know, you don't want to give the play time to develop. Um, they only came with a four-man pass rush. I would have tried to bring a little bit more pressure, force him to roll roll left and throw across his body. And, I mean, these are things that, you know, I, I think work um, because they had to go so far. Um, and any time a guy would be tackled inbounds, you'd be able to get that clock running, and most likely there would have never been a play to be able to run after that. So, I, it's easy to sit back and, and dissect it from, from our point of view um, a day after the game, but um, he made the decision that he thought would, would best suit his team. So when things looked grim for the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes, be the grim reaper. They reap the rewards today in just a terrific game. Let's talk about the other AFC game, Cincinnati and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee with the home field advantage. They lose on Saturday uh, at home, uh, last second kick. They sacked Joe Burrow nine times, Tennessee did, and still lost the game. It's almost unfathomable, isn't it? It is, Jim. Um, and, and I know the Bengals have, have won two playoff games now, but if they expect to, to really compete and have a chance to win a Super Bowl, they have to do a better job of keeping Joe clean. I mean, he was sacked nine times, but he was hit numerous other occasions. I mean, I, I don't know physically how much more punishment he can take, um, you know, they have to they got to do a better job of keeping him upright. Um, you know, you just cannot take him for granted. He's he is the most es essential player on that team and, um, you know, has done a great job of standing in there. But it's, it's just been too much. You know, that's an interesting trait, too. There's something so likable about Joe Burrow. I mean, he's tough. He seems a really forthright when he answers the questions. Uh, obviously, his teammates really seem to love him. He's got that cool exterior that everybody kind of gravitates toward. Same thing with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. These guys are so much fun to watch. And, and I think we're seeing a changing of the guard here. We'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers in the next segment and Tom Brady. But Ryan Tannehill also. Uh, Tannehill in this game, you know, everybody else did their job, and he really didn't. Batted balls, obviously, can lead to unforeseen circumstances. Seems to me the defense really did a great job. Uh, Derrick Henry and, and the offense, you know, racked up their yards. So he just didn't have a good day on this day. And uh, if you're going to point a finger, I guess that's where it's going to go. 
Well, you can't point at the defense, Jim. I mean, to, to be able to sack the quarterback nine times and do the things that they did on that side of the ball. I mean, they gave up a couple of explosives. You can't give up a, you know, a 60-yard catch and, and, and run to, to Jamar Chase on a, on a now route. I mean, there's certain things that, that happen that you love to take back. But all in all, those guys did their job to answer the bell. Um, Tennessee, I wish they would have done a little bit better job of, of stick, sticking with the run. Um, and, and they were they had some great plays um, in the run game, but the, I felt like they needed to really do a better job of that and wearing that defense down and extending some of those possessions. But um, Tannehill did not have his best day, Jim. I mean, you throw an interception on the first play of the game, um, you know, you, you got to be able to hold that safety in the middle of the field if you're going to throw that stop route to Julio inside the numbers. Um, and then, you know, obviously, the, the interception at the very end of the game, you'd love to see that ball be thrown inside to the inside shoulder when the defensive back is driving on the outside. I mean, there's a couple of throws I know he would love to have back. And, and you know, to, to be a championship team, your quarterback has to play at a championship level, and uh, he just didn't get it done for him. The home field didn't seem to mean much this weekend, uh, only in Kansas City, and they were on the edge. Could have been a, a clean sweep for the first time uh, in NFL history. Didn't happen, but three of the four road teams uh, one is home field overrated no not at all jim home field advantage is still something i think is extremely important especially in the national football league maybe other sports when you're playing seven game series this might not be as important but when it's a one and done it's always nice to be able to have that home crowd that you can count on um, to make it very difficult for, for teams to you know to operate uh, in in the fourth quarters and on third downs i mean i think you saw that late in the Tampa Rams game when the snap, um, you know, went past Matthew Stafford and really changed, the, uh, you know, the trajectory of that game. I mean, that was simply caused by crowd noise. He couldn't hear. He was trying to communicate and the center snapped the ball. I mean, so there's a lot of plays that happened throughout the course of games that you know, the crowd plays a huge play, uh, role in. Well, the home field's going to go to Kansas City here, and uh, they're going to take on Cincinnati, uh, the early game on Sunday. A lot can happen during the course of the week, but uh, how do you see that game as of now, Larry? Well, it's going to be a great matchup, Jim. They had a really nice game in Kansas City uh, a few weeks ago where, where Cincinnati was able to come out on top. Uh, Joe played in another amazing game. Um, and I think it's going to be another one that's going to be a barn burner to go down to the very end. I know one thing they got to do a better job of, of shoring up that offensive line and protecting Joe um, because I know Kansas City will have a, a plethora of different schemes and, and blitzes to be able to put pressure on them. Um, I know the secondary Kansas City's banged up, but, um, you know, I, it's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes at home, especially after the heroics of, uh, of this past week. Should be a lot of fun. Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes. Those two teams looking to be able to come out here to Los Angeles to play uh, for the Super Bowl. Let's Go is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA so much more with the great Larry Fitzgerald when we continue right here on Sirius XM. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions.
Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray. I'm with the great Larry Fitzgerald. We had some great games. Walton always said, we got a game. Four great games, and we're talking about them, and we're also looking forward to the AFC and the NFC Championship. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring Alarm. It's true. Ring has an award-winning alarm with professional monitoring that you can install yourself in minutes. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on Ring Alarm today. That's ring.com forward slash let's go. As we turn our attention now to what happened in the NFC, Tampa Bay rallies from down 27-3 and everybody's thinking, oh boy, here we go again. It's the Falcons in the Super Bowl against Brady down 28-3 late in the third quarter rallies his team, and then in the last 40 seconds, the Tampa Bay defense just collapsed on Cooper Cup. That that game was incredible to watch, wasn't it, Larry? It was a fun first half if you were a Rams fan and not so much fun if you were a Bucks fan. But I, I look at it early on as uh, the Rams had many opportunities to really put this game out of reach. You know, before the end of the half, you know, they had an opportunity to go in and score another touchdown. Cam, Cam Akers fumbles that ball. They don't get points. They don't even get three points, you know, going into the half. And you know, their defense really looked a little faulty um, in that second half. Um, you, you really have to tip your head to Tom Brady, really energizing and getting that team playing well. Their defense played good for spurts, but at the end of the game, you can't let the best receiver in the National Football League make two plays that essentially break your back at the end of the game. I mean, if there's anybody you have to be covering, anybody you're going to be taking away in those times, it's got to be Cooper Cup, and, uh, you know, that, that was unacceptable. How can that happen, really? I mean, how does Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians let that happen? Coach Arians now is talking about miscommunication on the blitz and that the, the word didn't filter out. How, how can you have miscommunication even if you do not get the communication properly? Why well, are Jimmy, you I'm, 10 yards behind, 5 yards behind chasing Cooper Cup? Yeah, I mean, I was wondering the same thing when I was watching, but, I mean, you, you, I saw, you see it in a lot of different games, Jim. I, I saw it at the end of the game when – um, Josh Allen hit hit Gabe um, hit Gabriel on the touchdown up the middle of the field. The two defensive backs weren't communicating well in that play either. I mean, it's 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 hard to fathom, you know, in those junctions of the game that guys are not on the same page. I mean, it's the most critical time of the game, not the, only the game but of the season. You're fighting for your playoff lives to not be on the same accord. Just is does not make much sense. I think this is going to hurt both uh, Leslie Frazier of the Bills and Todd Bowles. Uh, they're being looked at now as head coaches. Again, both of them had opportunities before in the National Football League. If you're an owner and you saw what went on with them in the last 13 seconds and then with the, with the Bucks in the last 40-plus seconds, I'm not so sure that that's what your fan base is going to want to see being named your new coach. Well, Jim, you're, you're talking about, you know, one game, you have to look at the body of work that both of these men have had. Um, they're, they're both highly respected former head coaches. Unfortunately, in the that's Football not how League. this goes. It's not but how Jim, this I goes. Think, I, I think you we have always, to look at We always are going to get into, the, into this little moment. You have to look at the body of work. And both of these men have, have done a great job with their defenses uh, for years. Um, and, and I think they both deserve opportunities. Was it their best game plan? And was it the best play calling late in those games? No. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the players have to make these plays. They have to execute the assignments, and, um, you know, neither one of them got it done. Looks like Dan Quinn is going to get an opportunity as well. So let's just talk about this in-the-moment thing. How long do moments live? You're talking that we shouldn't judge Frazier and Bowles on what happened yesterday. Uh, 
seems to me that the stain uh, of the Falcons Super Bowl, the 28-3 comeback by the Patriots over the Falcons is obviously been a major stain on Dan Quinn and to a certain degree, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan has overcome it because uh, he wasn't the head coach. How long do these things take to go away or do they ever go away? I think over time they they, they dissipate. Uh, I mean, you look at what he did in Dallas this year, um, you know, you, you can't say enough about what he's he's been able to do. Um, you know, that defense has stood up and been a top, you know, defensive team throughout the course of the year in terms of sacks, interceptions, turnovers. I mean, they, they had a fantastic year and it just shows you the kind of character he builds among his players and the kind of respect um, his players have for him to play the way they play for him. And, you know, he deserves another opportunity. And, um, you know, what they did in terms of losing that Super Bowl to, to New England Patriots years back, you know, it falls on everybody that was on the team and the coaching staff and players. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you can hold that, you know, over his head for another coaching opportunity because he definitely deserves it. And, um, and he's done a great job everywhere he's been throughout his coaching career. Larry, it also shows it's it's so hard to repeat in the National Football League. Uh, Tampa Bay just besieged with injuries uh, all year. Yesterday, I believe, was the first time they had all their defensive starters on the field uh, for a game. Uh, they had returned all 22 starters, and uh, the offensive line uh, also so banged up. Werfs was out. Uh, Wells was struggling. Jensen, uh, you know, banged up. Then you have the receivers. Obviously, Godwin was out, and uh, Antonio Brown inexplicably quitting. Uh, you know, four, four or five weeks ago. There was, so there was just a combination and a number of factors uh, that went into everything this year. Uh, injuries, Larry, being, being the main thing. It's so hard to get through an NFL season, and repeating is just, is just so very difficult. It is, Jim. It, so many things have to bounce your way to even get to a Super Bowl and to the playoffs and, and deep into those runs like that. And, and something that really kind of caught me off guard was Levante Davis comment about the, 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 the turmoil inside the team um, and, you know, trying to manage egos and people fighting for contracts and all the things that kind of happen behind the scenes that the fans are not privy to. It's, it's so difficult to be able to manage all of that and, and still keep your focus solely on what's important. And that's winning in football games. And so trying to do that, um, you know, everybody's patting you on the back and telling you how good you are and what you deserve. And, you know, they're, you're, they're undervaluing you and you should be, you deserve, you deserve to get more touches. I mean, all of these things you're fighting individually um, and what he, on what it's really about is the collective team effort. Um, so it's, it's, it is tough, Jim. It's extremely difficult. And let's talk about Aaron Rodgers after we remind everybody that any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home. Your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, equal housing lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Larry, you walked away from professional football. You knew that you'd had enough. For whatever the reason, internally, that was it. So you dedicated yourself for all of those years, 18 years, to play professional football, and time was up. We're now looking at what possibly Tom might do, uh, and we heard from him earlier. And Aaron Rodgers has a big decision to make, whether he continues to play football or whether he wants to leave uh, the Green Bay Packers. Much speculation before the year. They got it worked out, at least for this year. He said after the game uh, in their loss that he didn't want to be part of a rebuilding circumstance with the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers 
maybe, maybe the greatest throwing quarterback in the history of the National Football League. But he just has one championship to account for his greatness. Um, so there's a disconnect here somewhere. Uh, you have to have all the components, uh, great coaching, great teammates, and so forth to win. It's very, very hard to win. What do you make of his circumstance going forward, Larry? Well, I think it's very difficult. Um, you know, obviously this relationship in Green Bay has been strained, uh, has been strained for a few years. But um, I think if they're able to get Devontae Adams contract situation uh, together, it would be much more enticing for him to come back and play there. They have a really young nucleus of, of talented receivers that he's been able to throw to. Their defense played, uh, you know, fabulous throughout the course of the year. Um, so I think there's a lot of great things that, that, that he has in Green Bay if he decided to go back there. Um, obviously, the familiarity that you have playing in the same place for 17 years is comforting. Um, he, he seems to really like his head coach, and they have, their relationship has uh, drastically improved. And so, I mean, all things that you would think are important to him, you know, he has those there. But, um, you know, when you're 38 years old and, and you're, you're kind of looking at, you know, what you want to do in life and that you still have the same desire to prepare and do all the other things that are required to play at an elite level. And I think he's going to be this this year's league MVP. So, I mean, realistically, walking away from the game at, as the very best player in the league seems a tad bit unrealistic to me. But you never know what a guy is thinking, though. You're pretty close to Aaron, aren't you? I love Aaron. One of my good friends, yes. From your perspective, when you knew time was up, how, how would you advise him if you were asked? What what would you say should be the main factors in his head as, as he tries to, to move forward? Not trying to say that you have influence or that you know exactly where he's at, but what were some of the things that, that helped you determine that, that you might pass on to him? Well, I mean, Aaron and I, circumstances are much different. I mean, he doesn't have any children. I have three kids, you know, um, that are growing up and, being able to be a part of their lives. He doesn't have to make decisions based on that. Um, you know, from terms of his his physical health, you know, he, he hasn't had many significant injuries. I mean, he's he played through a toe issue that was bothering him this year. So, I mean, that's something that you always take in consideration. And also just the trajectory of the team. Um, I know he made mention about not wanting to be a part of a rebuild. And in no stretch of the imagination do I think Green Bay is anywhere close to a rebuilding stage. I mean, they're number one seed in the NFC. They're returning a lot of the same players back next year. They do have a few contracts that are up, and they are significantly over the cap. But I, I think they're far away from being in rebuild mode. Do you think his best opportunity would be to stay in Green Bay, work it out, and, and that gives him his best chance to win? Or do you think that a breath of fresh air someplace else, much like uh, – much like Tom did when he left New England, to go someplace else where maybe he's just going to be uh, happier and maybe it's just, it's just uh, a way to put behind him with gratitude uh, all that's gone on in Green Bay, but just a fresh start. Well, I, you know, when you look at it from the outside in, you, you feel like the relationship between him and his coaching staff is a little bit better than what Tom and Coach Belichick had uh, as, as things ended after 20 years there. I mean, I just watched the interaction that he has with his coaches and his teammates. And, you know, those, those things look strong. They, they look like they're they're uh, aligned. There's a lot of alignment there. Um, and so 
from the outside looking in, he looks like he's having an unbelievable time. He's, he's, he's joyful. Um, he's always got a smile on his face and, and he loves, and he loves playing there. I mean, one of the most loyal fan bases in all the game from outside looking in, it looks like it's a match made in heaven. Looks like it's the only place that anybody would ever want to play, but you never know what's going on behind the scenes and you never know what he's thinking and uh, what's really going on. Well, we know that that match made in heaven doesn't feel like heaven because that's been made clear. Uh, throughout the course of the last couple of years and uh, even clear in his press conference after that he doesn't know uh, exactly uh, he's going to have to have conversations and, and he'll make a decision here shortly. We haven't talked about the 49ers. What a story. What they've been able to accomplish. Given up almost for dead, you know, during the season. They've won some huge, huge games, including beating the Rams in the last week of the season uh, to procure the spot in the playoffs. Now going on the road, two weeks in a row, winning big games. Now they find themselves in the NFC Championship, now going up for a third time against the Rams at SoFi Stadium. And Jimmy Garoppolo, boy, everybody's been on this guy's case. And he has just come through with wins. May not always be pretty, and that defense has been stellar, and Debo Samuel is sure great to have on your side, but they're winning. And I don't know who, who wants to play this group. I, I definitely know the Rams don't. Uh, for some reason, the 49ers just match up so well against the Rams. They have their number. doesn't matter where, where they play. Um, it's just the physicality of their front four. Um, Bosa and, and Armstead, they're able to really get a lot of pressure. Fred Warner flying around. And that secondary does a really good job of, of negating the deep ball, um, taking away the big plays that the Rams love to be able to, to make um, that could change the course of the game. And, um, I, I really like San Francisco chances playing against the Rams uh, this week. You know, they do. They they just really excite me defensively. They have a, a bend but don't break mentality. Uh, Kittle and, and, and Debo, I mean, they just continue to make plays for them in, in timely situations. It doesn't matter if Debo is in the slot, outside the numbers, in the backfield, um, in the return game. I mean, the guy's just a, a, a true, true special football player anytime he has the balls in his hand. And, um, you know, Kyle Hannon, Shanahan finds new innovative ways every single week to feature him and get these guys open looks. Uh, so I, I just love the way they prepare. I love the way they play. They're a tenacious group. So you're going with the 49ers? I'm going with the 49ers, Jim. I mean, I, I just go on past history. I mean, they do a great job of frustrating Aaron Donald and, um, you know, they, they make it a messy, grimy game. And, um, you know, that's, that's the way they are. They're just a, a punch you in the mouth, you know, back street, back alley kind of football team. And, and I think you've seen that on full display in the first two playoff wins and even the last one against the Rams to clinch a playoff berth. Larry, as always, we appreciate your time. It was a great weekend of football. Looking so forward to the championship weekend here. And then it's all coming right out here to Los Angeles. Got the championship game uh, right here at SoFi. And then Super Bowl 56. Looking forward to seeing you. And we will talk to you next Monday night. I look forward to talking to you as well. And I only can hope that the games will be as, as, as uh, revering and exciting as the ones from the past weekend. That's Larry Fitzgerald. He's with us every Monday right here on Let's Go Through Super Bowl 56. Thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And to our great sponsors, Morton's, USAA, Ring.com, United Wholesale Mortgage, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM.
Sirius XM Podcasts.